If you're looking for a fun project or a well-built, high-quality chicken coop, look no further than Cutest Coops, specifically the coop we both have, the Charming Coop. The Charming Coop is their smallest coop option and has been engineered to have the easiest assembly on the market, only taking one to two people to put it together. This coop arrives unassembled and unpainted, but is pre-primed and ready to go. It offers a spacious interior, high-quality, weather-resistant materials, and comes with their signature clean-out-the-coop door that allows for easy cleaning. It's perfect for getting started with a small flock of chickens. And the most amazing setup to decorate. Yes. <laughs> so check them out at cutestcoops.com and use code Coop and Farm to get $100 off your coop. Hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking today? I just opened a Millersburg Brewing Company Tangerine Ale. It, it's called Tangelicious. <laughs> I love that name. <laughs> it's pretty groovy looking. It's got like a horse on it and it's it's very 70s. Uh, I saw it and I was like, yep, got to drink this for the podcast. And Millersburg Brewing Company is in Ohio. Okay. I don't know why it tickled me so much when you said groovy, but it really hit my funny bone. <laughs> I mean, groovy is just such a groovy word. <laughs> groovy. So what are you drinking over there? So I am drinking one of our other go-to summer ch chore beer drinks around here, which this summer has been Bud Light Lemonade, which mm. is a light lager with real lemon peels and natural flavors. Hmm. So it's like a good light drinking beer that doesn't have as many calories as those twisted teas that I also adore so much this time of year. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Yes. <laughs> Making a switch for at least a little bit, you know, I mean, diabetes. Diabetes <laughs> and like coop camps coming up and I'm like, ugh, I don't want to take pictures right now in my current state. So I'm like trying to oh. be a little more mindful of what I'm putting in my body, especially since like we're going to be working from home for a, lo for a long time, it sounds like. So I'm going to be a little more sedentary. So I'm trying to be a little healthier so I just feel better about myself. Absolutely. That makes total sense. But still drinking, obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. From hobby farmers to large-scale real deal farmers. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and the new knowledge we gain so hopefully you don't feel so alone in this farm thing. And sometimes we go off on non-farming related tangents, but we cut a lot of those and stick them up on the Patreon. And this episode's outtakes are exclusively for our Patreon peeps. And you can check those out by becoming a patron at $2 a month or more. 
Uh, we have all kinds of fun levels in there. And if you want to check those out, go to patreon.com slash drink and farm. And speaking of the Patreon, our drink peep this episode is our friend Kayla W, which is at Honey Creek Homestead over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. So we have a tiny bit of follow-up today. Yes. Just a scotch of follow-up. It was good follow-up, though. I really appreciated this person's speaking out to us about this because it was something I was just ignorant to even thinking about. Exactly. And that's exactly how I felt when I saw it. I was like, oh, hey, this is an obvious problem. But um, because... I don't have to deal with this problem. It never, ever occurred to me. And that's kind of the way life works, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Until something slaps you across the face, sometimes you just don't even think about it. Exactly. So uh, we received some feedback that folks with dyslexia were having trouble listening to our phone number and writing it down. So she wanted to call and leave us a message, but couldn't because it was struggling with the listening to the numbers and writing them down. So she asked if we could put the phone number somewhere like on the website in a place that's visual So we have corrected that. We added the phone number to our bio on Instagram, and we also put it on the sidebar on our website so that anybody who wants to get it can get it. And starting with this episode, we'll have it as one of the bullet points in the show notes uh, so that you can always just go to the show notes and get our phone number really quick if you don't have it. But also, you know, once you get it, just save it in your phone so you can call us anytime. And. I'm a forgetful human being, so sometimes I might be like, what was that phone number that they said? And I totally would not go back and listen to it on the podcast. So I think this Uh will help everybody. And it's something that kind of surprised we didn't think about. But we're humans, guys. So sometimes you have to gently remind us that certain things would be helpful. (laughs) Yes, because... One of our goals here is we want to create an inclusive community for anyone who likes us and likes the podcast and wants to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. So if you like us, you're part of the community and we want to do what we can to make you feel welcome, heard, and able to fully engage in everything that we do here. So if we've missed something or not noticed something or messed something up, like let us know. We're totally open to that feedback. All right. Well... Do you remember how we even got on this topic? I can't quite remember, but I'm excited to talk about it today. So I do not remember how we decided to talk about this today, but this is a topic that we revisit every now and then. We're in the middle of our third year, so I'm not surprised that we're revisiting it again because I kind of feel like it needs a refresher every now and then, Yeah, especially because our show is constantly growing and evolving as we're growing and evolving as human beings Mm -hmm. because that's kind of the natural progression of things, right? Right. And I'm sure we've picked up some listeners, maybe lost some listeners, you know, because your seasons of life change too and, and maybe... We fit in there better than other times. Or maybe we're just lucky enough to go through the whole journey with you. So we're hopeful (laughs) that this will be a great refresher and maybe even an updated viewpoint on what this phrase means to us that we say every single week. Yes. And that phrase is drink, farm, and give zero clucks. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, and we say clucks because there's a different word that rhymes with clucks that we probably can't say. And clucks is kind of like on brand for us. So, 
yeah, because we both started with chickens, right? And yeah. most people start with chickens, gateway so that's like we're not animal. special or anything because of that. Yeah, it's like it's a gateway animal. That's how a lot of people start. Yes. <laughs> Um, just a quick history lesson for those of you who might be newer with us. One of the reasons that we started this podcast is because we both realized that there's no one right thing or way to do anything on a farm. And a lot of it, you know, you kind of figure it out while you go and figure out what works for you. Yeah. And, you know, we all also face different challenges like weather or soil or predator issues. And we all also have access to different resources. Mm -hmm. By resources, I mean space, funds, time. So naturally, what works for me on my farm may not work for Sam or may not work for you. And what works for, you know, everyone else might not work for me crazy to think that right yeah (laughs) but as most of you have probably quickly found out as you started your farm instagram or just spent any time on social media at all especially lately uh the internet doesn't always see it that way and sometimes if your views or opinions differ from other people's views or opinions or experiences it's to certain individuals it feels like a direct threat to them or a judgment um and then they kind of you know, might be quick to quit back at you and say you're wrong or um, something I did recently see on somebody's post was them opening up to say that somebody sent them a message that they weren't a real farmer. And she's actually one of my favorite people to follow on Instagram for all the farm things and natural things she does. So it was insane to me that somebody had the audacity to say that to her. Um, And I know, Bev, we've had conversations before about when we felt like it was okay to call ourselves farmers um, because Mm -hmm. that is a very personal thing and it feels like a really big thing to label yourself as. So when you have the courage to call yourself that um, and somebody tells you you're not, it can kind of be difficult to swallow. Yeah. I mean, I would... I would probably crumple up for just a little while. I don't take negative feedback very well. But that's exactly why we want to give zero clocks about what someone else thinks about our farm and the way that we do things or why we do things or even what we decide to call ourselves. Right. We have to give zero clocks about that. Right. And also give zero clucks is a lot easier to say than ward off all the dicks with the positive vibes, which was a, a previous slogan we did have on a mug and a shirt for a while. So It was totally in the running. I could say that every episode. It's kind of a mouthful. Um, so, you know, uh, that kind of helped us at least get to the point of what that means. And that is just to give zero clucks about what anybody else thinks and just go on about our merry way. Yeah. But, you know, it's not something that's really easy to do. You know, like I just said, sometimes I struggle with Mm -hmm. negative feedback and it kind of like shuts me down for just a hot minute until I can regain my composure and think about it. So giving zero clucks is something that you are constantly working towards. It's not necessarily like an actual destination it's more like something you'll be practicing (laughs) for forever it's a way of life exactly I didn't want to use the word journey because it's just so cliche (laughs) go on this journey with us of giving zero clucks about what all the haters (sighs) say 
Yeah. Yes. We could do a meditation recording oh and give it to you. We can put people to sleep by cracking open beers and talking in like an, what is that called? Like the a- ASMR or whatever. Like those mm-hmm. are, I hate that stuff too. It's That is triggering to me. It drives me crazy. Um, so I'm not the audience for that. But anyways, having thick skin actually takes an incredible amount of time to have. And effort and, and thoughtfulness to put up with that sort of thing. Um, and and being judged is just kind of a part of life, whether you intentionally put yourself out there or not. Um, for example, an example of me putting myself intentionally out there for judgment is I have a bachelor's degree in theater with a concentration in acting. Every time you audition for something, you are being judged. For if you spit a specific type for a specific role. You might be too blonde. You might be too fat. You might be too skinny. You might be too tall. You might walk too funny. You, The inflection of your voice might, might not be what the director is thinking for. So there's a lot of judgment and rejection that comes into that that is actually not personal at all. <laughs> and trying to separate <laughs> that from yourself that it's not, there's not anything wrong with you. It's the preconceived judgment or idea that somebody else has for what they're dealing with in the time and space. Yeah. And wrapping your head around that and not seeing your name on the callback list or the cast list and realizing that it's not necessarily personal, um, unless you really ruffled somebody feather, somebody's feathers and pissed them off, then it might be personal. Um, <laughs> but that might be your own fault. Um, you know, that that is something that really helped me grow with thicker skin. But that is not to say that I never get upset when somebody comes for me in a way that is aggressive and what I feel is uncalled for. Yeah. And, you know, I think just by being on social media in general, we are kind of putting ourselves out there for judgment. And that's even if your profile is private and you're not Mm -hmm. as public like, you know, Sam and I are. And, you know, doing a podcast was totally uncomfortable for me at first. I'm not used to putting myself out there. So I had legit fears and anxiety about how I was going to handle the first time someone said something, you know, like really awful to me or about me because of this podcast. Mm -hmm. And it turns out it's happened and I survived. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I can do it. (laughs) Yes. It's it's something that is just inevitable in this life, um, whether you put yourself out there intentionally or not. Like people um, just have their opinions. Yeah. Whether they're right or wrong doesn't really matter. But we were hoping to kind of talk through maybe why that happens today and how to deal with it in a way that doesn't make you feel gross. Yeah, because like it'd be super easy to just say, well, people should stop being so judgmental and nice to each other. (laughs) But like our brains just don't work that way. If you know anything about human psychology or people and Sam and I are not psychologists, Uh Uh obviously, but I think a lot of people know some of this information. They just haven't quite like put it into words or maybe heard it laid out this way. So we think that a lot of this is going to be really helpful because like like I said, human brains are never necessarily free 
from judgment. Right. Um, and that's because we're always subconsciously judging things as like either good or bad or neutral. And that's how we navigate the world and decide what we want to do next. So um, there's going to be a link in the show notes to a really interesting article from Mindful Ambition about this concept if it's kind of new to you. Um, it's basically about like how to practice non-judgment, um, which helps you reduce your amount of stress and whatnot. But like everybody's not practicing non-judgment. So for this conversation, it's not super useful. So we won't really go into it. So there's also something to be said about um, a, thing, a term you might actually have been hearing float around quite a bit lately. At least it kind of caught my attention as we were preparing to talk about this. And it's the phrase unconscious bias. Um And since it's unconscious, you probably don't know it's happening, which means it's not intentional. Um, And our brains are actually made this way um, as a way to survive. So it's very primitive why we think this way. And we'll link to an article in the show notes that I found on USA Today. Um, And it gives a great example of unconscious bias. And it essentially is this, this company came in to pitch something and asked the female in the room if she would go get coffee. And the assumption is because she looked really young, like she could be an intern, um, they asked her to go get coffee. It turns out she was actually the CEO. And the, oh. the other guys in the room told her, told the, the people making the pitch, like, yeah, we can get started, but you asked our CEO to go get coffee. <laughs> and the guy just made a snap judgment because the way that your face looks can make people think you're an introvert or an extrovert or that you're good, bad, or neutral. Like, we've all heard of rusting bitch face. Just because you have RBF yeah. doesn't mean you're a bitch. <laughs> it doesn't mean you're a bad person. <laughs> it's just the way your face is. So, you know, our brains are wired to think of facial expressions and the way people look a certain way. Now, that doesn't mean it's okay. But knowing that has a lot of power in it that you can slow down and potentially challenge a projected bias based on you know that the fact that they might not even really be thinking and that's not their fault it doesn't mean that they're hateful people and there's polite ways that you can challenge that bias it doesn't mean that you go full-on rage on your facebook but you can have a calm conversation with somebody and say you know what i you know, I, I really would like to be in this meeting since I'm the CEO of the company. Perhaps we can send somebody else to go get coffee. And that might have been a, a way to deal with that situation. But the author of this article actually admits that innately she just got up and went and got the coffee, didn't really think anything of it. Oh. So it's not even like she was outwardly offended. She didn't even really think about it. So I think... This is a more complex issue than people want to believe it is and that it's more than just a simple stop doing it. But being aware of it is a lot of the battle. It really is. Um, So I had heard the term unconscious bias, but of course now I'm like really getting immersed in it and I hadn't necessarily recognized how much it had influenced my own life. So now... Just being aware of it gives me the opportunity to maybe reflect on some of the decisions that I make or things that I do, you know, like before I actually follow through Mm -hmm. with them to see how maybe an unconscious bias is influencing that. Because one thing that's really important to keep in mind is like when we feel stuff like that being projected onto us 
yes, we should try to respond um, to that politely and correct that politely. But one of the things that's always true is we're best off trying to work on things ourselves internally mm-hmm. than pointing at other people and trying to get other people oh, right. to change. Because that, that polite correction could still go bad. Absolutely. It just depends on who the person you're talking to is. Because they might feel judged in that moment, even if you're gently correcting. So you kind of have two options, and it depends on how ballsy you're feeling that day. Probably. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The only thing you can really control in a lot of situations is the way that you react to it and handle it internally and externally. Yeah. Because when you recognize what is causing your immediate reaction to something before you actually act on it, you have the ability to really change a situation Mm -hmm. from going sour to being a positive one, which is kind of a cool power to have when you think about it. Sounds like a superpower to me. (laughs) It does kind of, doesn't it? Yeah. One of the more nerve-wracking things I've done on the farm is having to resort to heat lamps to keep animals warm. That is why we are thrilled to partner with Sweeter Heater, a safe heating solution for your fur and feathered friends. Sweeter Heaters are infrared radiant heat panels that use a carbon heating element instead of bulbs. There's a built-in snap action cutout that'll turn the unit off automatically in case of an accident, and the heater lands face down where heat isn't allowed to escape. It will not reach the flashpoint of setting bedding on fire, which is always a concern with heat lamps. Sweeter Heater is also fully sealed, which means easy and safe cleaning, and the product is backed by a three-year warranty. Sweeter Heater products are found in animal rescues, veterinarian clinics and hospitals, and major zoos all over. Sweeter Heater has a variety of models and sizes to meet your needs. Give yourself the peace of mind you deserve and go to SweeterHeater.com and use code DRINKINFARM to get 15% off one or more heaters. That's SweeterHeater.com with code DRINKINFARM, all lowercase. So now we get to talk about being triggered. Yes. I'm sure a lot of people have seen that on the internet lately too. I sure have at least. (laughs) Yeah. And for this discussion, when we're talking about being triggered, we're talking about having a strong emotional reaction to something you've seen, like on social media or somewhere else on the internet, like a status update, comment, or maybe something someone said in a video or a headline. And we're talking about it in that frame um, because that's where our space is. Yeah. We're a farm comedy podcast. We do a lot of stuff on social media in the farm world. So that's why we feel like this is relevant for the farming community because we know that that's how a lot of you guys found us. And so what we're not talking about when we're talking about triggering is we're not talking about reliving past trauma because triggered is one of those words that get used a lot of different ways. We wanted to make sure that we specified that. (laughs) Yes. Yep. If you see something on the internet that triggers you because of past trauma, that's completely different than what we're talking about here 100 percent. yeah yes absolutely so bev what happens when you feel triggered or maybe in another individual maybe not you specifically well so when i feel triggered i get really angry 
and tend to kind of react, mm-hmm. you know, like in a snap way, like immediately. And sometimes that reaction can kind of cause you into spiraling out of control into arguments. Mm. I've been better about avoiding that lately because I don't have time for really long (laughs) internet arguments. (laughs) But I see a lot of them. I see them all the time. And sometimes I waste a lot of time reading them, even if I'm not going to get involved in them, which is a whole nother problem of mine. (laughs) Yeah, I've definitely been guilty of that before. Yeah. And, you know, when you get triggered and you start spiraling into those arguments, you do waste a lot of time, Mm -hmm. you know, in the argument and a lot of mental energy on the argument. But what's really happening to you when you're triggered and you're in that angry, fighting, arguing space is that you can't really process what anyone is saying to Mm -hmm. you, which means that you're losing the opportunity to really like reflect on or absorb what could actually be really valuable feedback to you. Yeah too angry and your ears are like just plugged up because you're too busy thinking of most likely thinking of how you're gonna rebut whatever they're trying to say or type right now yeah and that's a really important thing to point out because like we don't have the perfect farm lives no so we could probably all use a little constructive criticism right probably but one of the things i don't really enjoy (laughs) is like unsolicited feedback So, like, here on the podcast, we literally say, like, there is an anonymous survey you can go take if you want to give us feedback. And most of the feedback Mm -hmm. we have received where people have named themselves has been very polite. Um, So that I can handle. But, yeah, most people that want to offer you unsolicited advice don't do such a great job at it. The delivery can be a little rough. And, and sometimes it is easy just to get really defensive if you're feeling insecure in an area, too. Um, and maybe even what happened like 30 seconds before you got that feedback, that can affect how it you ingest it, even if it's a completely separate situation. So <laughs> this whole trigger thing is like really complicated. It really is. And, you know, it's funny that you mentioned, you know, like not liking to receive unsolicited feedback because I think that that's a common, like, that's a common human thing. Like none of us really like being corrected. No. And (laughs) those corrections don't necessarily have anything to do with the person who corrected us, like personally, but it does have something to do with what you perceive that correction to mean. Yes. So, like, yeah, some people are going to be, like, super assholes and just be, like, really big jerks about the way that they're correcting you, which is obviously going to trigger you. Um, But most of the time when we're triggered, that's not really the case. It's just that we were in a bad mental space when we received what we perceived as feedback. Some of it's not even really feedback. (laughs) Yeah. It's basically just somebody said something we attached like some sort of emotion to the thing that they said and got really bent out of shape about it. And part of that actually might be because like deep down, maybe we think that some of their criticism is right. Right. And that makes us feel bad. Right. Agreed. So in order to avoid feeling this way, It's important to recognize that we're allowing ourselves to be triggered um, because you can't 
you know, I think there's like some kind of saying, like you only, you give people power when you let them upset you. Um, mm-hmm. And this is a lot of the same thing. Like, why are you letting it bother you? And kind of deep diving into why you're interpreting it a certain way and maybe what's going on around you right now (laughs) that is making your perception of something feel really negative. Um, So it's good to kind of take a deep breath, give yourself some space, process it, maybe even like write it down, um, really try to see stream of conscious, think of, okay, what is, what is, why, why am I tripped up here? Um, one of the things I personally experience with my anxiety is sometimes it feels like I'm like ruminating. I think I'm going to use a goat term. Mm-hmm. Ruminating on the <laughs> same thing over and over and over again. And sometimes you can't stop it. And sometimes what I need to do in order to stop it is really kind of dive a few level deeper, a few levels deeper into it and kind of dive into the worst case scenario um, of something in order to realize like, okay, even if I'm pushed to that worst case scenario, I'm going to be okay. Um, so even if what this person is saying is true, like I know who I am and I know if it's true, I know if it's not, or it's maybe it's something I have to work on and it's something I have to come to terms with. So I think taking that time to breathe and really process it and not immediately snap back at somebody in an Instagram comment is probably the smartest thing you could do in the digital age. Well, and something else that I've done, and I I actually did this with Sam, I needed help recognizing whether or not this was something that was even worth my time responding Mm. to. Oh, yeah. Because (laughs) like that happens sometimes. So if you have a friend or someone you trust that you can kind of go through whatever the scenario is with them, it gives you the opportunity to maybe see where you could add to the conversation if needed or whether it's something that you need to just like totally walk away from yeah because like an outside person that you know and trust can help give you that real feedback and if there's somebody that you know and trust they'll be honest with you hopefully oh yeah yeah don't go to your toxic gossipy friends to help you process that yeah but that person was an asshole. <laughs> so, <laughs> but we did have a really healthy conversation back and forth about it. I I will say we did, you know, to figure out how what the best way to handle that situation was because that was new for both of us. Um, and I'm glad that we have the relationship that we can talk through those things like that because I don't think a lot of people even have that. They might not even necessarily have that person. So I suggest finding you. A Bev, if you don't have one. <laughs> or a Sam. Or a Sam, if you don't have one. Um, because For sure. it definitely helps. I think we were both a little triggered there, but we kept it between ourselves, and that was what was important for us. Yeah, it We really talked each was. other down. <laughs> so uh, we won't talk a whole lot more about, like what getting triggered is or what it means, but we are going to send you to uh, a podcast episode that I helped with this episode just a little bit. And it's um, a streamlined and scaled podcast episode. And the title is called The Change Starts With Us. There will be a link to it in the show notes. It's just a 12 minute long podcast episode. And it really like walks you through in a 
plain and easy to understand way Mm -hmm. of how to think about being triggered. So I'm not on this podcast or anything. I just help with the back end stuff. (laughs) But it it was a super helpful episode for me. Mm -hmm. So I want other people to get to hear it and experience it. And some other things to keep in mind, too, of why you want to avoid being triggered besides your mental health. And a a lot of that has to deal with um, those conversations we said we could have, you know, with each other and thinking through before you respond. But also there are health reasons linked to not letting yourself repeatedly get triggered, because when I get triggered, I definitely go into flight or fight mode. And that boosts certain hormones in your system when you get triggered like that, Uh, like the cortisol hormone, which Mm. can make you think you're in survival mode and can make you eat your feelings. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) You got to be careful with some of that. So now if I ever feel triggered and feel like I have a lot of physical energy, I have to work off or I need to go eat instead of going to the fridge, I'll go outside and do chores as a way to blow off some steam. So recognizing if you are triggered, what you can physically do to be healthy in that moment too is really important because you need to burn that energy off. Oh yeah, absolutely. And burning that energy off and getting past that can give you the opportunity to really have some like really important personal growth Mm -hmm. because we're all constantly learning and growing and trying to be better humans, right? Right. And one of my favorite things to do when I'm feeling triggered or upset is to wander around my property and verbalize out loud sometimes kind of loud what I'm thinking to get it out because it's not good to just let it stay in either while flipping duck and yeah. goose pools it's very like farm crossfit therapeutic thing happening when that happens so obviously watch your language if children are around you know but sometimes you just got to say it out loud and that's all it takes to start processing and, and get it out of your system Oh, I like that. And I have a duck pool to flip now. I have to flip it twice a day. My arms are getting very nice. See? (laughs) You should try to verbalize something that you're not feeling great about while you do it and let me know how that goes for you. (laughs) I will. I certainly will. (laughs) So one of the other things that we want to talk about is what giving zero clucks is not. Mm -hmm. And we want to make it super clear that giving zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life is not a cop out to intentionally mismanage your farm or do things that put others or your animals in danger. Exactly. We want to be clear on that. Um, we're all about learning here and doing the best we can in a situation with the information we have. But there are also basic things that you need to follow if you're going to have the responsibility of owning animals or doing any kind of farm work. It doesn't mean drink a ton of beer and get on the back of a tractor and, you know, twerk. Maybe don't do that (laughs) as a form of showing you give zero clucks. Probably not a good idea. (laughs) Great visual in my head. Probably not a good thing to actually go execute. (laughs) It actually made me laugh a little bit. Uh, But giving zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life can also be seen as kind of a call to action to be a person that recognizes that people do things in a different way for different reasons. Because... We all see life through different lenses because of our life experiences that we've Mm -hmm. actually had and that have shaped us into who we are. So I think recognizing that is sort of a really just great place to start and be in. Yeah, definitely. And we always want you to, you know, learn things from us, even though we're not experts at anything, or at least I don't feel like I am, but we want to, you know create an environment where people feel safe and and not judged. Um, 
And we want you to know how to defend yourself if you are being judged. Um, I think it's also really important to remember a few other things if you're feeling, especially if you're feeling triggered. Um, just because you don't agree with someone on an ideology or a political stance doesn't mean you can't be friends with them anymore. And yeah, I said it because I'm seeing that happen a lot lately is people disowning friends for different political beliefs on both ends of the spectrum. I'm not leaning one way or the other at all. Um, <laughs> but Bev and I are actually super different in a lot of ways. But yeah, we're so alike <laughs> in other areas and we're so in sync with each other that I think our differences really complement each other and make this podcast awesome and, and a super strong, amazing product for you guys each week. And if we were the same, it might be a little stale and boring. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I think that by being different in the ways that we are, we have the opportunity to talk to people yeah. that wouldn't necessarily listen to either of us, if that makes any sense. Yeah, definitely. Because I'm sure we've joked about this before. I'm sure there are people that listen that are more like Bev and there might be more people that are like me. Um, yeah, absolutely. But enjoy that we're not just a couple of robots that think the exact same way and regurgitate the same exact thing. Um, and can prove that while we disagree, we are really great friends. Like I consider Bev one of my best friends. Absolutely. And that's not because she believes everything that I believe. <laughs> yep. And in fact, you know, uh, this is a, like slightly off topic, but I think it's relevant. So people should hear this. Having someone that doesn't think everything exactly like you do is a great person to have mm -hmm. to talk through things that you might be worried about or thinking about mm -hmm. or planning because they can see things that you might not see. Yeah. Which can be really helpful in a lot of situations. So right. honestly, don't don't be too quick to just write people off because you don't think that they're enough like you, mm -hmm. which kind of helps like override that unconscious bias. Yeah. That we were talking about. There you about go. Earlier. Look at that. Just tying everything in at the Circle end. Circle back. <laughs> and as always, as Thumper from Bambi said, if you can't say anything at nice, don't say anything at all. Like, that is something I continually remind myself every single day, even at work. Like, if you don't have anything constructive to add to the conversation and you're feeling emotional, just shut up. Like, you're going to do more harm than good if you're not going to say anything constructive or nice that's going to add to the productive conversation that's trying to be, you know, trying to happen. <laughs> and it's okay to know yourself well enough to just shut your mouth. That is okay. Well, and I like what you added here too. Is it kind, true, or helpful? Mm -hmm. Like those are really important because, you know, we're also living in a world where there are a lot of bad things happening and stuff that might not necessarily be true getting shared. Mm -hmm. So, if what you have to say is true and helpful and you can say it in a kind way and you feel compelled to say something, then you should. But keep those things in mind, you know, like mm -hmm. while you're saying it. You don't have to come off and do it in a way that's really demeaning or cruel mm -hmm. or, you know, not not going to be heard. Yeah. I think I got that from one of my great aunts. I think I distinctly remember sitting around my grandparents' coffee table and her saying that to one of my cousins that was being a little turd. Um, 
<laughs> and it's just, it's true. Like, it's a good thing to, you know, if you're struggling in this area, maybe slap something like that up on a sticky note in front of your computer monitor. Like, I have all kinds of sticky note reminders on my computer computer monitor to help me stay conscious of my behavior. Um, so I highly recommend that if that's something that would help you. Um, and then the last thing here, too, is you you know, if you're on social media and you're feeling offended or triggered by something, you can just keep scrolling. You can and feel empowered to hit the unfollow button if you can't really get over it. Um, obviously, if somebody's being a disgusting racist piece of crap online, like literal racist piece of crap, <laughs> like you can you can probably just unfriend them. That that might be okay if if it's really yeah. you know that that I'm not no saying, shame in that. I'm not saying don't do that. <laughs> I'm saying that you can really like think through, is this something where it's like a really bad person or just differing opinion? Like there's, there's a difference and I'm seeing that get blurred and I don't like it. Um, but I have friends on Facebook that I love so much, but right now the rage they are putting out on social media is too much for me. And I've just gone and hit the unfollow button because I just know I don't have the mental space to even scroll past that without feeling a little sad. Um, so you can feel empowered to do that too. You can unfollow people on Instagram if you can't handle it. Um, you don't need to announce that you're no longer listening, watching, or following because what is the purpose of of saying that? It's basically just to get people put gifts of by Felicia underneath it. Yeah. <laughs> it's like announcing that you need to go to the bathroom. N- nobody really cares. Um, glad it's necessary for you to go, to, go do what you got to do, but I don't need to know about it. Um, and, and you announcing that or being hateful while announcing that is not going to necessarily change the behavior of the person that is triggering you or offending you. So it's not even worth your time. <laughs> yep. So absolutely. There, you, you know, we hope all of this builds a nice foundation for you to, to give zero clucks and to maybe be a little less triggered in whatever capacity you need to be less triggered in. Because um, there's a lot going on in the world. Even just in our little farm genre. Absolutely. So we hope that that this was really helpful and a good refresher for why we say that at the end of every episode. Yep. Yeah. That's good stuff. I liked it. If you want to talk about this with us a little more, come join our Facebook group. We're always in there answering questions and having discussions. So we're happy to expand upon this. Mm-hmm. Speaking of being triggered, though, what can't we even know about this week? <laughs> oh, my gosh. I did not think of this as a corner <laughs> where we just talk about what we're triggered about, but it totally is. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's, like, constructive. It's triggered in a hilarious yeah. way. Or, like, an, oh, my God, I can't believe that's happening kind of way. I'd li- I want to know about yours, though, because I'm reading the link, and I... I- this doesn't sound triggering at all. I'm intrigued, but not triggered. So can you tell me what you can't even about this week? So uh, this was an article from thetakeout.com, and it's a bakery through a birthday party for its sourdough starter, as all bakeries should. And gosh, I would love to throw a birthday party for my sourdough starter, but I am constantly killing it and restarting it. So my sourdough starter is not very old. Well, what about throwing a birthday party for your SCOBY? Oh, actually, I should throw a birthday party for my SCOBY. My SCOBY is the oldest thing in this house i mean besides the people (laughs) yeah and 
my kids are older than the SCOBY. Okay. <laughs> I was going to say, that's a that's impressive. <laughs> the SCOBY is actually almost as old as the podcast. I'd have to think oh. back because it was a podcast episode that created the SCOBY. Yeah. That's how I got it. We I drank kombucha on a podcast episode mm-hmm. and left the glass on the table and it made a scoby and i'm still using that scoby now it's giant i'll have to share pictures of it our (laughs) podcast burst a scoby it did (laughs) it's pretty cool but anyways tell me more about this sourdough starter birthday party okay so Uh, I'll read a little bit of the article. It says, building a sourdough starter takes patience, focus, and care, all of which a large portion of the country happened to have in excess during the early weeks of the stay-at-home orders. But how long will those sourdough starters last once life returns to its previously bustling state? It's possible we'll see many jars quietly perish in their vessels. Happens in my house all the time. (laughs) So it's doubly sweet that Hobbs House, a bakery in Bristol, UK, recently threw a birthday party for its 65-year-old sourdough Aww. starter, which employees have dubbed the bakery's hardest working employee. So they've had the sourdough starter for like 65 years. They're saying that it's possible that it's older than that. Oh, my God. Um, but that's what they're celebrating it as. And the longer you care for a sourdough starter, the more complex and unique its flavor becomes. So... Uh, If you have a sourdough starter, nurturing that relationship is definitely worthwhile and will pay off at the end. And this bakery says, this baker actually sells like, you know, portions of their sourdough starter. And they say that we love the thought that many thousands of loaves have been enjoyed up and down the country, all baked with our edible heritage. So to become a custodian of this is priceless. So I just thought that was really cool because I always talk to my sourdough starter like it's a living thing because it is a living thing and I tell my kids it's a living thing I'm like don't seal the jar don't get it too hot don't make it too cold Mm -hmm. don't overfeed it don't starve it (laughs) like this thing's alive (laughs) and when I saw that headline I just thought yeah sourdough starters deserve birthday parties yeah they do (laughs) that's impressive like keeping anything alive that long is impressive including humans being alive that long kind of impressive so, yeah, <laughs> so for a sourdough totally starter to be that old that's oh wow i would throw a birthday <laughs> party for that at first i thought it was a little weird but now that i really think of it i'm like all right i can get behind that yeah so what's your can't even this week so mine is from mlive.com and it the title is baby goats return to Mooville creamery And what happened was that six baby goats were taken on Sunday, June 21st, 2020 from Mooville Creamery in Nashville, Michigan, which I've driven past before. Um, Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So the teenagers who took the baby goats returned them to their Mm. owners and did chores around the farm as punishment, according to the business. Oh. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So what had happened was these goats obviously got taken Um, And then authorities were contacted and they were able to track down where their goats were on social media based on pictures. Um, So, Oh, yeah, because teenagers can't steal goats and not post about it, right? Teenagers, their brains aren't fully (laughs) developed. Maybe they can't help it. They're just a little dumb. And you know what? We we were all there. We all grew out of that ignorance. At least I think. They're still learning. They're still still learning. learning. But what they wrong, they're little delinquents. (laughs) They were caught. 
The police officers and the parents came with the kids to the creamery and returned them. And I think it's a really beautiful thing that the business owners allowed the kids to make up for it by being punished by doing chores around the farm. Because I think a lot can be said about making kids do hard work. Um, And it teaches them things that, you know, might be a little more productive and kind than putting them on probation or having them pick up trash on the side of the highway with a bunch of other delinquents. So I think this was kind of like a cool story to show like kindness of the business owners when maybe they didn't need to be so kind. And, you know, the kids end up doing the right thing. So I thought that was kind of neat and had a good ending to it. Yeah, I like that because, you know, people make mistakes and kids make a lot of mistakes because they're still learning and they just I I am really curious I want to know more about how the parents discover that their teenagers (laughs) have baby coats how do you like I mean E.T. lived in a basement and you know the mom didn't know for a long time so maybe you just keep baby goats in your basement and it takes a while to figure it out but I feel like baby goats are kind of loud loud. yeah they yell especially if they're not by mom so I wonder if that was what happened (laughs) It's totally possible. But anyways, what I was trying to say was by giving these kids the opportunity to, uh, you know, like see this work and what goes into, you know, this thing that they thought was just kind of funny to steal. Because I I can't imagine that they stole them for nefarious purposes. Um, It it gave them the opportunity to to learn something that they would not have been exposed to. Yeah. Baby goats and a working creamery. So... Everyone, everyone did the right thing. It's nice. It's nice to see that. I mean, in the end, they did the right thing. Yeah. Obviously, stealing the baby goats was not. But that was the wrong thing. <laughs> yes, but I'm sure they're fully aware of that now that they were caught. <laughs> <laughs> so make sure you send us your can't evens in the Facebook group via Facebook Messenger, Instagram, or email them to us at drinkandfarm at gmail We like to share those on our mini sods, and we have one coming up uh next tuesday so we can always use more material so if you have anything drop it in one of those formats and be sure and leave us a review because right now we're going to read an apple podcast review that we received this week and what we do with these reviews besides read them on the podcast (laughs) we put your name in a hat And whoever wins at the end of each month gets an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. So without further ado, our review of the week. Yes, and it is labeled educational and entertaining, which I think is our goal. So I'll take it. (laughs) Nailed it. And this is from Skurstat via Apple Podcasts in the United States and This individual wrote, despite not having so much as a duck to plant a garden on, I stumbled across this podcast and was instantly hooked. Sam and Bev provide an entertaining and educational platform, and listening to them during my workday provides much-needed laughter and knowledge. They also use their voices to help others. Listening to the episode about amplifying Black farming voices gave me new content to enjoy and a new appreciation for this show. I can't even with how much I enjoy this podcast. Aww. Oh, I love that. Yes, we do appreciate that. And I'm so glad that that gave someone 
some new material to go and listen to because that's what this is all about it's not about just listen to us and do the things that we say and talk about yeah yeah we like to promote we only have other one things show we enjoy yeah yes we can't fill your ear holes on the regular if you're caught up like we have day jobs so absolutely we will gladly point you in different directions of things we find yes So just a few housekeeping and announcements before we wrap this episode up. Coop Camp 2020 is going to be August 7th through 9th in Indianapolis, Indiana, or actually right outside Indianapolis. Uh, And we're going to be there. So you can go register over on the website, which is in the show notes to this episode. And if you use code DRINKANDFARM, which is the ampersand for the and, you'll save $25 off adult registration. And Drink and Farm has that phone number we talked about earlier. uh, And it is 401-4263. Two seven six, which is also 401-426-FARM. You can leave us a voicemail. You can text us. Um, we will not pick up, so don't be afraid of that. Uh, you can send us your farm story, your questions, or your can't evens that way. Um, so if you've been putting off typing your farm story because you don't want to type it, like you can call and leave us a voicemail. Um, we like to play those on our minisodes. So um, we'll obviously take things in written form as well. If you're not comfortable with your voice being on the air, like I'll admit, I don't always like the sound of my own voice. It took me a long time to get used to the sound of my own voice having a podcast. Um, So I get that. But for those of you that want to, please indulge. We really enjoy it. We do. And hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen. This helps us in all the podcast charts and helps more people like you find the podcast. And do us a favor and share this episode post over on Instagram in your Instagram stories and tag at Drink and Farm. Uh, As a thank you, we will send you a promo code for our shop, which will give you a percentage off so you can go buy some of our fancy monthly shirts that are hanging out in there right now. Yeah, and make sure that you take a look at the show notes. You'll find links to any of the articles or resources that we discussed and a survey to tell us how we're doing, which is totally anonymous. So give us your anonymous feedback. We can take it. And all of our social media goodness and our merch shop. So that's it, guys. We hope that you're feeling less triggered. (laughs) Maybe a little more kumbaya. And if you're not, go flip some duck pools or something. In your backyard. Yeah. I can't wait for Bev to try that one. <laughs> I'm totally going to do it. Maybe I'll just angry flip it tonight just for no reason. I'm not going to be mad. I'm just going to pretend to be mad. Yeah. You'll feel better. <laughs> promise. I will. What am I going to scream into the void? Um, um, I don't know. Let me know what you come up with, though. I will. <laughs> so until next time, guys. Drink, farm, and give zero clucks. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things.